and welcome to the show. I have looked forward to this very episode like forever. The two ladies that I'm going to talk about are on top of my reading list as there are big books published on their lives that I'm actually dying to read. It's about Hedda Hopper and Luella Parsons. Who are they? In short, they are the original queens of Hollywood gossip. They can be credited with the establishment of celebrity magazines and gossip culture around the stars and starlets of Hollywood. And we actually have to start with Luella Parsons. She was the first queen of Hollywood and she was the most important figure in setting this kind of industry up. Luella Parsons trained as a writer and she became the first female journalist in a hometown of Dixon, Illinois. And she gossiped about the social circles there, like preparing her for Hollywood, I guess. And she got her toes into the movie industry as a scriptwriter. She even penned a book called how to write for the movies. So she really was involved with Hollywood early on. And at the age of 33, Parsons started to write the first movie gossip column in the US for the Chicago Record Herald. But once William Randolph Hearst, like the biggest media mogul in the US, bought that paper, she lost her job because Hearst at that time was not aware of the draw of the movie industry. Which, spoiler would change. <laughs> so Parsons moved to New York City and she wrote another gossip column for the New York Morning Telegraph. And that's when Hearst got curious. Because his girlfriend or mistress, Marion Davies, an actress and former chorus girl, was praised by Parsons, although most critics did not think much of her. And over this like very Nice coverage, the two women bonded and Hearst finally appointed Parsons to motion picture editor of the New York American for a whooping salary of $200, which is equivalent to about 3.5k today, which ain't bad, like weekly. There's some speculation that Parsons just got this position for this wage because there was a scandal which he did not write about. And this scandal involves the death of a movie pioneer, Thomas Inch, whose death is closely related to Hearst. Because the night of his death, they were all apparently on the same yacht, like the yacht of Hearst. And some speculations even go as far as to claim that Hearst himself shot Thomas Inch because of a rumored affair with Marion Davies. But actually, all claims can be disputed, although both Parsons and Eleanor Glynn told that they have been sworn to secrecy about anything and everything that had been going on on the yacht they all met at. It's so intriguing, right? And there is a movie about that very night. It's called The Cat's Meow from 2001 starring Kirsten Dunst. And this is a film actually based on these happenings. And its director, Peter Bogdanovich, had been informed about the happenings of the night by none other than Marion Davies' nephew, who's called Charles Lederer. Ah, it's also secret and intriguing, right? So, back to the topic. Luella Parsons is on top of a writing game with Hearst. When she got the di diagnosis to have contracted tuberculosis which back then was rather deadly, and she was told that she was left with only about half a year to live. So what's a girl to do? Parsons went to Palm Springs, which actually made it a prime spot for celebrities to flock to, in order to cozy up to Parsons. And then 
Luella Parsons moved to Arizona for the climate and finally to Los Angeles, where she stayed put. And she continued working for Hearst and became a syndicated Hollywood columnist for his newspapers. That resulted in her having a weekly readership of about 20 million people in over 700 newspapers around the world. These are numbers newspapers and journalists these days can only dream of. And Parsons even had a radio program sponsored by Sunkist and another by Campbell Soup Company. But in the end, they were scrapped because of payment issues with the Screen Actors Guild because the actors did not get money for their appearance on the shows. So Parsons was the first lady of Hollywood. She knew everything and heard everything and published everything. And it is rumored as a husband, a physician in Hollywood, passed some information on that he, you know, got from the people that visited him. And also, Parsons had actresses on a payroll and assistants who helped her and a reporter who ran around and got the stories for her. And apparently she had three telephones in office because, for those belonging to the new generation, back then we just had landlines. And if you wanted to be available for many people, you needed many phones. The biggest scoop for Parsons was the divorce of Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks Sr. And Parsons actually got the news about the divorce from Pickford herself because Pickford believed her to be trustworthy. And she could have published it right away. But, and this is really great, I think, Parsons was really human. And she did not publish the news right away because she hoped the two would reconcile. Because this news would rock the movie world. In the end, she did publish the story when she heard that someone else got the news too and would publish. And she would wanted to be the first, of course. And apparently, another funny story about her life, she apparently held the wife of Clark Gable hostage when she wanted to be the first one to announce their separation. It's crazy, right? But it was a tough business back then. And I'm wondering, because I'm not familiar with how it's going on these days, Is it still like this today? If you do have information about that, please let me know. I, I'm intrigued. But that last bit about Mary Pickford, it shows that Lola Parsons was really, really a kind person. She was a really nice columnist and she didn't write scathing articles. She was described as writing very sweetly and lightly and she was not overtly concerned about dates, places, facts and she herself said that she wanted to get news out and fast and not be challenged by fact checks or polishing text. So it was just nice entertainment. And, you know, nobody was really offended by anything she wrote. She just wrote whatever she could, you know, come up with and the latest news. And it was just really good entertainment. And it was after Hearst's death that star began to decline and her assistant, Dorothy Manners, who had helped her write a column for quite some time already, took over her column. But what about Hedda Hopper, which I think is a great name. If you ever read about Lela Parsons, you will definitely read about Hedda Hopper. That's why I put them in one episode. You cannot, you know, cover one and not mention the other. So they're all wrapped together. Because these two had probably the biggest media power in all of the US during the 1930s. And they used that to quarrel openly before the eyes of their American audience. So, who is Hedda Hopper and where did she come from? Hedda Hopper was originally an actress. And when she came to Hollywood, she and Parsons had a great relationship. And Hopper would ring up Parsons to give her the scoop of some stories she had heard on the set she was working on. And in return, she would get some lines on the Parsons byline. 
But Hedda Hopper made a splash when she starred in Virtuous Wives in 1918. And it cemented her image for being and playing flamboyant society ladies. And she did so by spending all of her salary, which today would be about $100,000, on clothes from the boutique Lucille by Lady Duff Gordon. And she wore all of the clothes in the movie. And this way she upstaged Anita Stewart, who in theory would have been the real star of the movie. And this eccentric and flamboyant dressing style would be Hedda Hopper's trademark image, with extravagant hats on top of that. And she was even allowed to deduct those expenses from a tax report as work expense. And short two years later, she was already earning about $15,000 a week, and she became a contract player for Louis B. Meyer, so MGM. And in the mid-1930s, when Hopper was nearing 50 years of age, her stars started to fade and she agreed to write a weekly Hollywood gossip column for the Washington Herald. And later, when that was scrapped, for the Los Angeles Times. And it was called Hedda Hopper's Hollywood. And as she had been and had been working in Hollywood for quite some time, she had great relationships and lots of contacts and got information quickly. So the column was easy for her. When did the fight with Lella Parsons start and why? It all started with Citizen Kane, which Orson Welles produced and starred in. So, when rumors started about a movie about Hearst's life, which Parsons was a protege from, Parsons had lunch with Orson Welles and questioned him about the movie, and Orson Welles denied a movie about Hearst and he evaded her questions. Long story short, Parsons believed Wells that there was nothing coming that would be of any concern. Too bad, though, that Citizen Kane actually is about Hearst. And it was not Parsons, but Hedda Hopper, who attended a pre-screening of the movie and wrote a scathing article about it. And Hearst was infuriated that he got the news about this movie from Hopper and not from his longtime employee and protégé Luella Parsons. Parsons then went also to a pre-screening and was horrified that she had been lied to and threatened a producing studio RKO with a lawsuit and with exposing all of the scandals she had held back throughout the years. And when the studio told her and Hearst that they would go ahead with premiering the movie, Parsons contacted the Radio City Music Hall, which the premiere was scheduled to take place at, and threatened them that there would be a media blackout. And they stopped the premiere. So a really big thing happening there. The second incident was about Ingrid Bergman and about her roommate pregnancy. Parsons published the scoop that Bergman was pregnant with Roberto Rossellini's baby. Hopper loved Bergman and she believed the actress's denial and published a denial of the rumor and was really like having the actress's back. Too bad though, Ingrid Bergman was pregnant. And Hopper was destroyed by the news and that she was being lied to by Ingrid Bergman and launched a PR campaign against Bergman because she was pregnant out of wedlock with another married man's baby. So, you can see, Hopper actually was not as lovely and sweet as Luella Parsons. Hopper was snarky, she had an opinion and she was not afraid to make enemies. It is said that on one occasion, Joseph Cotton pulled out her chair to have a sit down, but he continued doing so when Hopper actually sat down, so she fell on the floor. 
and apparently Cotton got mail and bouquets and flowers thanking him for this act, like for having her fall on the floor. And Joan Bennett, who was also one of the great Hollywood actresses, apparently he sent her a valentine's, which was a skunk, with a note. <laughs> and the note said, Won't she be my valentine? Nobody else will. I stink, and so do you. How funny is that? And the best part, when that story made the news, James Mason was the first one to come forward and made a bit on the skunk and Hopper gifted it to him. I mean, you couldn't make up that story, right? And also something which I found a little bit, you know, I don't like about Hopper, was that Hopper was a proponent of the blacklist of Hollywood. That would make it basically impossible for communists or those affiliated with communism, homosexuality, or just people who did not live up to her ideals of American living to get work in Hollywood. Hopper was one of the driving forces behind it, and with her 35 million readership, she sure could wield the public image of anyone in any one direction. Charlie Chaplin actually made it onto the list because Hopper did not like that he remained a pretty citizen and that he married much, much younger women, which she deemed completely immoral. And she also tried to discourage people to go view Spartacus, which Kirk Douglas started because of the alleged communism affiliation of screenwriter and director. That movie, though, was a blockbuster success, financially and critically. I think that's the only time like her opinion did not really change the public opinion. And as I said last week on Box Office Poison, she was the one who made it possible to get Joan Crawford back from Box Office Poison to Best Actress Award for Mildred Pierce, because she was such a fervent advocator that this is a great movie and a great role. So she really had power. Later on, when her columns were scrapped, she had a career on radio and on television, where she hosted gossip on Hollywood magazines. And I just think those two are fascinating. This is just so great. Even the gossip columnists in Hollywood are worth a gossip story. When I read about those two, I always think like Luella Parsons was great. I love her. She just wanted to know everything, just like I do. But Hedda Hopper, well, she, I like her flamboyant heads. But, you know, I don't like if you're mean to people. I don't like if you want to get people demoted or put out of work because of your ideals of how sh people should be. So that makes her really, like, not the nicest person to me and I wouldn't back her. So if there ever is a fight between those two in a movie, in a new movie, I would definitely be for Luella Parsons. So tell me what you think about those two. And if you have news about how today's gossip magazine's industry is working let me know <laughs> have a wonderful week bye <laughs>